Hello and welcome to the Eat Local New York podcast. In this week's episode, Anthony is sitting down to talk with Chef Devin and Chris from Brick and Barrel in Baldwinsville. Are you enjoying the Eat Local New York podcast? Then make sure you've subscribed so you won't miss an episode and leave us a review and let us know what you think of the show. We want you to know about our friends at Buried Acorn Brewing. The primary focus at Buried Acorn will lie on the wild side of the spectrum. Funk wrangler Timothy Shore has spent over a decade studying the world of mixed fermentation wild ales through both industry experience and years of home brewing. Their tap room features 32 draft line pouring barrel-aged mixed fermentation sour ales, classic and long-forgotten farmhouse styles, as well as some promiscuous hopped-up offerings. Well, let's get into today's episode with Anthony and Chef Devin and Chris. All right, well, we're sitting here with Devin and Chris from Brick and Barrel out in Baldwinsville. Thanks for coming down, guys. No Thanks problem. for having us. Pleasure is, to be here. This is our second, third attempt, I think. Yeah. Second attempt. Yep. Um, all right, so you guys opened in what, uh, June? Uh, yeah, we first opened up uh, our doors. Um, we got into the space in May, okay. went through a pretty extensive cleaning, and then sent our first plate of food out in June. Yeah. Yeah. You had worked at Chef and the Cook because that was that's what was there before beforehand. So you had worked there for a little bit before, right? Oh yeah, Chris and I mm-hmm. both. Uh, oh, did you too? Worked yeah, there, we so both we were both up. pretty familiar with the whole space in general, understanding how it works and everything. Yeah, yeah it's a unique. It's definitely a unique spot. It's oh, absolutely tight absolutely. kitchen, micro kitchen. Tight. Yeah, yeah, mi- micro kitchen right. for sure. But I, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, it's a special little place, and it definitely takes a special. Yeah, type of people to be in that tiny, tiny little spot. Yeah, for sure. Work. Yeah. Um, I mean, hanging out in the kitchen now a couple of times, it feels like you've got it laid out. You know, like you've got every space utilized. Yeah, we found our groove. In yeah, yeah for sure. it took a while though. Honestly. honestly, just within the last month, we yeah. got it really? spaced out to where we want it. Yeah, bringing our, in new tables, equipment. Our yeah. dishwasher was getting pretty frustrated with me because it was like every morning I was going in there and reworking yeah. the layout and. He, yeah. Couldn't figure out where anything was going. <laughs> First day every day. Yeah. That's pretty funny. So uh, how long had the place been empty before you guys went in there? Had it been like a year? Uh, I was trying to think of when they left. Wasn't that long. No. I think my last day was, I think, in the middle of February, right when everything was starting to get shut down and oh, crazy really? with the yeah. pandemic. Oh. It was so right towards it, it. It had only been about maybe three or four months of it kind of sitting there. Okay. All right. What made you like, uh, you know, we'll start with Devin. What made you first want to get into food and the restaurant industry? Well, my first real connection with food started at a young age. It's the typical story of uh, sitting around the kitchen like watching my grandmother yeah um i really remember <clears throat> soup on sunday at camp like mm. when it started shifting from summer to fall yeah because i knew camp was closing down they weren't going to be around as much mm. and i specifically remember her kale and potato soup mm. specifically and that got me very interested um 
And it just went on from there. I remember I watched my first Emeril Lagasse video. I think he made <laughs> chicken salad sandwiches, and then it just kind of grew from there. I was yeah. constantly intrigued by it, and it was something growing up that like I watched everyone do. Hmm. You know, everyone, even though if people aren't good at cooking, it's one thing that every person either tries or has done at some point. Yeah. So it's like a universal thing. Um, and that connected me into um, like art and history. Hmm. And I found a fascination with history, connecting cultures with food and how civilizations grew out of the food that they were uh, consuming, mm-hmm. like food that they were growing, producing, and then the commingling of different places and how all that came about. Yeah. Like you think of paella in Spain, you know, rice came with the Moors. Yeah. So you think of this Spanish dish, it wouldn't have never happened if the Moors didn't come from hmm. North Africa and right. move up into Spain. So like this whole <clears throat> thing with history was fascinating. Um, I love the idea of educating people through food. Um, it's kind of a unique thing. I think as chefs, we kind of owe it mm-hmm. to the people to educate them about what they are eating. Yeah. You know, I, and I love that idea. Hmm. Um, and just opening up the restaurant came from, years of working for different people, all my experiences, both positive and negative. It just got to a point where like I knew what type of food I wanted to cook and how I wanted to do it. Yeah. And I wasn't going to find that right working for other people. I was always going to want more like I wanted to cook my food. Yeah. Not my interpretation of somebody else's dish. Yeah, that's tough, especially around here. There's not many places that you can really go into. I mean, I I don't know if I could think of more than like two or three. Actually, I don't think I could think of any that you could go into and in an established restaurant and all of a sudden put out your own food, your own menu, your own way of doing it. You almost got to catch it on the ground up or else else it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Or someone that's failing that wants to turn it around. Right, yeah. I think of like uh, Kevin Gentili, who back in the day he had his like stump the chef or something yeah, like that. That was cool. Yeah, um, so, you know, and so he would be in established restaurants, but he was like one of the few in the area where people kind of like knew him. He's at the Daniels in the yeah. fair now, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What do you guys think about seafood in Syracuse? I think you got kind of have to be careful with it because there's some people that are going to be like. It has to be done the right way. Yeah. Um, I mean, we kind of live, I mean, we don't kind of live, we live in the middle of the state and the closest water to us is Onondaga Lake. the lake. <laughs> um, so there's always going to be that thing, unless if it's advertised as fresh, Yeah. people are going to assume there's going to be that stigma of, oh, it's probably brought in frozen. Right. And they're not going to trust it, you know. But I honestly, I think it's something that could be. I mean, look at Santangelo's. They yeah. bring in all sorts of beautiful fish, and they're constantly moving it. Do they legitimately do that? Yeah. I oh, interviewed wow. I interviewed with the guy a few years ago, 
and mm-hmm. he brought me back and was even showing me it. Like they pretty much get it in fresh daily if wow. they've got it on the menu. Huh. I remember back in the day there was Ambrosia where Margaritas is now, mm-hmm. and their you know they did sushi, and their story was that it came in swimming that morning. Um, and uh, other than that, the only like real seafood in this town that I think I would trust would be the fish fryer. Yeah, unless right. I'm getting like a they fry. Get, like, they're getting it in what every yeah couple yeah, days, they, couple yeah. days a week through Tom, Boston. Yeah, yeah, they yeah they're it. legit. Yeah, I remember right. talking to the guy over there one day. Like them, I trust with that stuff, and they don't really. I mean, they do a lot, but they don't get too crazy with it. Yeah. Um, like uh, restaurant way, like wise, there's definitely ways to get good for fresh sure. seafood mm-hmm. here. You know. Yeah. Like for your average person at home, like there's also ways like Asian market. There's yeah. There's some their seafood's pretty fresh. Yeah. I mean, like there's ways to get it, but for the most part, it's right. You know, your frozen stuff, which. Isn't always a bad thing either. It's not. A lot of that fish, you know, is killed frozen immediately. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, it is fresh because it was yeah. just killed, you know, but. The only, I think the only seafood, aside from, like, fried fish uh, or, like, a shrimp cocktail, which I never would yeah, ever, never. ever order at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. um, the only fish that I would probably trust, that I would be, where, where I say tr- trust, where I would be like, oh, this is fucking legitimate. The only stuff I would, it would be like, I think of like Deefy used to do like uni. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, but other than that, it would either be fish fryer or Bold Coast lobster truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, they fucking, you know. Where like your folk, their main focus is right. seafood. So you have yeah. to go yeah. above and beyond and get the freshest you And I'm pretty get. sure Bold Coast, like their dad or uncle or some family member is like a lobster fisherman. Like in Maine, in Maine. or whatever. Right? Yep. Yeah. And that's how they get their stuff all yeah. the time. Are, were they on uh, Shark Tank? Or was that no. some other truck? That was the. Uh, I don't think they were. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a place that like crushes it. Yeah. Crushes. Absolutely it. freaking crushes it. Oh yeah. And rightfully so, they got a great yeah. product. Yeah. And they don't do a whole. Lobster sells itself. Yeah, they're not even on Instagram. I don't think they do like any marketing, besides a couple Facebook posts. But it's yeah, like they're like the said, only lobster, lobster sells itself. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. You got it. It goes. I wish that we saw more in like the summertime. Like, I think it would be cool for a restaurant to have like skinny Atlas lake trout or whatever yeah, it is. More local. Like, local fish, name the lake it came from. Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. It would be cool. I don't know what lakes around here have. I'm, I don't know if any have um, any commercial fishermen. Really, the only ones around here are, I mean, Lake Champlain, you can get walleye from there yeah uh, lake erie yeah and which is another walleye and perch fishery yeah and i mean you can probably get some salmon out of lake ontario yeah Um, i'm not sure how readily available that would be but i mean that was one thing that i did when we first were able to do dine-in again one of the first fish specials we did was a pan-seared walleye oh really and we blew through 20 pounds of it i think in like two days wow it was wild people i mean people around here love that stuff because they relate to it yeah when you think about oneida lake right you know like if you hunt or fish or anything you grew up catching those fish and eating those fish so Hmm. perch fries walleye fries that's a thing i remember growing up my grandpa used to keep all the little sunfish and stuff Hmm. because it's just yeah right right yeah That'd be pretty cool to find, like, 
Yeah, maybe I need to find that stuff out this summer. Because I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure that there's some little lake restaurant somewhere around oh, yeah. central New York that does that. Oh, Just yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool, though, to, like, go out, like, for a chef to go out and, like, fish. Make an episode know. out of it. Right, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, go out fishing, go catch, noodling. like, you know, 20 different trout or something and bring it back for, like, the special that night. Yeah. Yeah, them up, cook them up. I mean, there's a spot out in Marcellus that my friend and I go to, and I'm, trout season's right around the corner. Yeah, April first. So yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. That yeah, would be. Maybe we, we should. <laughs> that's what we need to do. Let's do it. Write <laughs> it down. Me too. Yeah, man, go Let's out there it. and film it. That'd be freaking dope. Yeah, I'm down. Get yeah. some GoPros. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I've got two. We could drop one on the water. Let's do it. Yeah. Describe in your own words. Uh, the f- type of food or menu at Brick and Barrel? Let's say we like, we do food that's familiar, that people know, that are comfortable with, but we put our flair on it and our twist on it. Like the meatball and mashed potatoes that you had. Like, yeah. It's meatballs and mashed potatoes, but it's lamb and it's right. not tomato sauce. It's made from dried chilies. So it's like fruity. You know, it's yeah. our twist on things that people already know. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's. We've had more success with that. We've tried the more crazy things. That's what we like to do, more creative, kind of wild things. But we know that people like to eat a certain thing. And so we've tried to kind of narrow that down on getting something that they're familiar with and willing to eat, want to eat, but throwing a twist in there that they're willing to try. Yeah. And that's seemed to be working really well for us so far. Yeah. We've been doing a lot of... uh like this winter, we've done a lot of bi-weekly menus. Mm-hmm. Um, moving into the summer, we're going to do more probably like monthly static. Cool. Um, yeah. And that's just because we're going to be doing more volume. I want people to come in who be able to try and be it. able to try or come things back for it. and come back for it or try something new off the menu. Yeah. Um, but the bi-weekly is fun for us. Allows us to be very creative, very um, fresh with our ideas, get different products in. Ingredient-wise, too. You know, only bringing in enough for X amount of days keeps everything real clean, fresh, in and out. This Hmm. winter, I mean, to be honest here, this winter was a winter like no other (laughs) for a lot of restaurants. Yeah, Yeah, this winter. So it was definitely a way for us to manage our costs a little bit more by not keeping so much product around all the time. And it also was kind of that intrigue factor to get people excited and stay interested in like, want to come out for an experience kind of deal. It makes people, it's not like, I mean, we looked at their menu last week. It's going to be the same. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Because we're not just serving food, you know, we're trying to sell the experience. Food yeah. secondary. I think food. I, mean, I think it's easy to have good service and have okay food yeah. and have it work. I think it's much harder to have great food and mediocre service and yeah. stay sustainable. Um, but I think building a restaurant the way that we're trying to build it, the food has to come first. Yeah. And then you build your staff around the food because we. I mean, a lot of the ingredients we use aren't common knowledge to people. Right. So we need to find people that are just as excited 
about learning new things as we are. Yeah. So we need to find the right type of people as opposed to a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The whole and that's the whole business, though. I mean, yeah. going into this, you've got to expect that you are going to be working the hardest that you've ever worked. Yeah, and it's just doing that every day. Yeah, it's not and glamorous. I, yeah. and you I've noticed. You I've noticed over time working in places like the people who really do it and really want it are always the ones that are staying busy and getting stuff done yeah, and hungry for it. Like mm. the more work you put in, the better the payoff will be. And it's not an instant. There's really no instant gratification yeah. in this business. It's right. Never get rich. Constant <laughs> putting You'll your never nose get to enough the sleep. grindstone <laughs> yeah. and doing it because you love it. You yeah. know, it's, mm. there's, it's not a money grab. And the people who do get rich off of this are very, very, very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's literally all a passion thing. Yeah, for sure. And it's hmm. what drives, I know it's what drives me and know what drives him. I've worked with him long enough now. Yeah. So, sure. I mean, it's there. We're, I mean, it's not a perfect system. Mm. Um, a lot of places, it's this industry in general is you'll never know everything. And when you think you're doing something perfect, something will come along and you'll be like, all right, cool. Well, we can do it better now. So yeah. there's always room for advancement. And we're working on a recipe right now that seems to be uh, paying dividends and working out all right. That's cool. Um, getting some staff in there that is just yeah. as eager and willing as we are. So yeah, it's just constant, constant building. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine, I mean, I know from like, experience when i was a kid my parents owned restaurants but like it fucking sucks man there's yeah. nothing fun about it i mean i'm sure if you love it you love it and i'm sure that's fun but yeah. <clears throat> it is your entire life yeah, you know? it is yeah, um, you can sign away your life for it yeah there's not a lot of money in it unless you're really charging too much or uh really you know getting not great products in yeah. right um uh and it's every fucking hour of every fucking day. Yeah. You know, there isn't like, there's no holidays. There's no, none of that stuff. That's the thing. I mean, when people have holidays off, you're cooking for them. Right. Yeah. You know? So it's, yeah. It's really a loveless job when you think about it. I yeah. mean, yeah, you hear compliments from people, but you're more liable to hear someone tell you how awful something is as opposed to how amazing something is. Yeah. So it's definitely it's definitely a mental grind too. It's way more than just physical man hours. It's a lot. It's a it's really a mentally arduous, yeah. very stressful, and, and it's, like we said, it takes a certain type of person. Like I thrive off that. I thrive off of the stress and the you know yeah. just chaos. Like, yeah, I love that. It gets me going. And I know he's the same way. You know, yeah. and you got to be at like night that. And it, sucks in the moment because you're running around and right. everything's but crazy even, yeah. but it's without controlled. even thinking about it you're putting out yep yeah and then at the end of the night you food. look at it and you're like hmm. oh man like just did a just couple did grand that. without even blinking your eyes yeah. you know and it's great it's a great feeling yeah turn into a robot once right. you start going yeah i think that's kind of the weird part is like i was <clears throat> you know talking through like the spot with zach and it's like 
you know, at the end of the day, it's like, well, how many, like, what would we consider to be great? Like how many orders? And he said a number and then I quickly did the math and I was like, so if we did that many orders and this would be our food cost, this would be the cost of everything, you know, like we'd be making X. And I was like, Jesus, that fucking sucks. Not like, even worth it. <laughs> like, why? Why would we do that? Why would we put ourselves right. through all that Seriously. time and effort and pain? Unless you really love it and that's what yeah. you want to do, then it yeah. really isn't worth it and you shouldn't do it. Right. Now, it's, I mean, well, <coughs> I mean, cost of labor is going up, right? Mm-hmm. January 1st, it's up to $15 an hour yep. um, for minimum wage in New York State. Um you factor in high rent prices. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, I mean, uh, all your food costs is gonna. Go everything's up, going. Yeah. Everything. Yep. Um, I mean, and you know, I the mean, that's coming in is going down. <laughs> yeah, you're only exactly. allowed to take the yeah. same amount of people, and so. it kind of handcuffs us because it gets to a point like you can only charge yeah. so much money. Can't just double our prices because we got you know? cut in half the amount of people we can feed. You know. Yeah, it's uh, it's an expensive business to be in, and yeah. like I just noticed, you know, uh, Yo Burrito opened up in like Manlius, mm-hmm. and they posted because nobody can find help right now. They posted like that they're offering a four hundred dollar signing bonus. Like if you take a job there, then they'll pay you four hundred bucks once you accept the position. I'm sure it's like you have to work a certain amount of time before right. you get it or whatever, but. They're doing that, which I don't know of anybody else besides like Adam Weitzman's restaurants who's doing that for hiring people right now. And then I saw that on like a Thursday and on a Friday, I was like Googled them to kind of see, you know, learn some info. And they had like a terrible Google review. Um, Like their rating was like a 2.8 or something, but they just opened. So whatever. But anyways, some guy had left a one-star review that said, I can't believe I just paid $14 for a burrito with two tablespoons of ground beef in it. And in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, no fucking shit. Like, yeah. everything costs. costs like, yeah. you know, you're it's then, expensive. if you want, if like you want your Chipotle burrito, burrito it's going to be like 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Go to Taco Bell. Then, yeah. Dude. We may, but where else do we think things are going if if unemployed or if minimum wage is going to fifteen dollars an hour? Gotta go up. Yeah. It's not like everything stays the same. No, no, I mean, people can't pay out more and make the same. Yeah, that's how they offset it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's for it's an inflation, employee. Everything yeah. goes up. I mean, you guys have got you know what three employees right yeah. at the restaurant. Yeah. So I mean, that's one hundred and eighty dollars extra a week. You know, just in that. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's something's going to have to change there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so uh, it's Definitely. just, I don't, I don't think we've thought about that. Food's about to be wicked expensive. Yeah, to go it's all going to gonna eat, go up. You know, it's going to have to, or gas is going to skyrocket. Rent is going to increase again. Everything. But at the same time, I feel like, I don't know. It's, it's a trick. It's a real tricky conversation to have because when you think about it, people deserve, to be making more money in most cases, you know, you should be paying people what they're worth. Yes. So do I think people should be making more money to live more comfortably? Yes. But you also have to look at, at a standpoint of like, you have these mom and pop places that are already struggling to make ends meet. And now they've got to start paying employees, which in most cases labor is the most expensive thing in this industry, and it's just 
yeah. making it more expensive. Right. And it's going to get to a point where either places are going to have to close. The way that they're doing their menus are going to have to change. They're going to have to get in less yeah. expensive products. And then if that were to like happen to us, that would be devastating for us because we're here like that's our thing. You know, yeah. We want to provide the best food we can around the best products we can yeah. and give you an experience. You can't sacrifice the quality. Right. Yeah. But we're moving in a way that is headed towards for sure hardship for a lot of places. It's going to be hard to order food. Yeah. When it's... Yeah, places are going to be forced to it's have going to be $62 one server to instead buy of three. Yeah. yeah. And that's not sustainable from a worker. <clears throat> like when you have to rely on one person or two people to do the jobs of three, three or four, yeah. they're going to get burnt out. Oh, like hell it's yeah. not yeah. fair no to that. them. Like that's yeah. not how you make a business run sustainably. Right. Yeah. It's uh yeah it is crazy and I'm surprised how many people how many restaurants I I'm sure I understand it but I'm surprised how many restaurants I have been hearing lately are buying so much pre-made food yeah you know boiling a bag stuff or whatever because it's cost or cheap or you don't need really you special don't gotta hire for a prep that. guy exactly no, you can just um, bring stuff in that's prepped you know yeah that's where you're sacrificing the quality on things because yeah. you'd rather do that instead of hire someone. Right, exactly. So, I mean, Baldwinsville is a really unique community because there's so many fucking restaurants out there. Yeah. How, I mean, I know obviously a lot, you know, restaurants close and open, you know, mm-hmm. not too frequently, but, you know. Fun enough. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I can't believe that there's that many restaurants and food service businesses that can stay open. Yeah. I mean, Baldwinsville Dining Weeks, there was, what, 19 restaurants 19. participating? I know Jeff Rogers has organized that uh, yeah. Beeville Chowder Cook-Off, yes, and he's right. got 15 places in that. It's crazy. You're talking about a tiny little spot. Yeah. You know, yeah. Beeville's not the actual center of Beeville right. is not that big. Yeah. It's the four corners and two bridges. Right. Yeah, it's insane how many things are out there and how well like how much business they do, all do. Yeah. Um, and in some cases, I mean, well, I mean, hell, look at your building. There's what, two restaurants or three restaurants in two. that building? Two of them? Two. And then, I mean, same right thing. across the canal, there's yeah. two more. Right. And then right across the river, you've got two Every, more. Yeah. So there's six restaurants right yeah. there. It's crazy. Really Sammy is. Malone's and Sam Miguel are in the same, like same above one another. It's, it's Just crazy. like Austin River, you know? yeah. I mean, where are you going to go in Baldwinsville if you're going for fine dining? Realistically, the only place is going to be you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mohegan Manor yeah. isn't fine dining. No. That's know? some more kind of upper scale, I guess, of Beeville, if you want to say that, because yeah, but a lot of more pizza shops. traditional and, yeah. kind of thing, like steak and potato. Yeah. You get your sandwich. Yeah, you're going out to dinner, please. Right. Go, yeah. You know. But if Beeville's you know, all pizza shops, Chinese, right. Angry Garlic, Austin Mohegan, really. Yeah. You have Tassones and Fireside, and they yeah. do great, but yeah, they do great. Yeah. they're not fine dining. You nope. know, like if I'm going out for like a really great, if I was going to take Rebecca out to dinner, we're going to go out and have like a nicer night in Baldwinsville. The only place really to go is Brick and Barrel. Right. You know? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how we're trying to corner that market in, yeah. in that area because there's no, literally it's 
like you said, if you yeah. want to go somewhere nice, it's Gotta literally be. us. I guess you could say Mohegan, but like yeah. just us yeah. and them, you know? It eliminates yeah. that whole having to like, oh, right. got to drive downtown. Right. Find a parking and when, spot and pay for parking. And, yeah. and that's a big thing, too, because when downtown opened back up for dining, yeah. we got swamped. Yeah. And like we thought it was mm-hmm. going to be either that way or complete opposite where everyone's going to go downtown. But you got to remember, too, like even before all this, like you're going downtown, you're waiting 30 minutes for a seat when they're right. operating at 100 percent. Yeah. Now they're operating at 50. Yeah. You're almost not guaranteed not to get a table yeah, going down true. there. I didn't think about that. So now yeah. people are getting spread out, Cicero, Viva, Liverpool, wherever, just to go out to eat. Yeah. So now we can grab a lot of those people. Yeah. We did. You know, and we grabbed a lot of them. Yeah. Which was good. So that was intentional in setting the menu, was to kind of try and distinguish yourselves yeah, from everybody else. Yeah, that higher-end option yeah. in that area. Because, I mean, we're already opening up a restaurant in a spot that's pretty saturated. It's a saturated market. Yeah. And you've got to do things. Stand out. Like, with our limited kitchen size and the limited amount of seats that, I mean, with the size of the kitchen, there is literally only a certain amount of people realistically that we can get in and out. Yeah. Yeah. So coming up with the menu is you got to think about, well, how are we going to be able to get all of it out and holding it? How are we going to hold it? How are we force us to have a smaller menu? Yeah. So, and it's just the differentiation between all the different places. I mean, so our food is a little bit, more expensive yeah. because we have less seats and we're doing more things by ourselves. So hmm. at the end of the day, a customer looks at our cheeseburger. If we have a cheeseburger on the menu, that's 15, 16, $17. Yeah. And then they look at a burger that they could get from angry garlic or any other place in Baldwinsville. And it's like, Half the price. well, there's this 12. Yeah. Why would I pay you for that when I can go get the same thing? Right. You know what I mean? So it designing the menu was how do we get keep things approachable, get people in here, but also get them to accept kind of like the different types of things that we're doing. Yeah, like sure. the burger because we had, like we had we a peanut butter different. and jelly burger. You know, like yeah, something people know, something people yeah like, but like have never had it together. Yeah, and it's not straight peanut butter and jelly. You know, it's right. Poison jelly and yeah. spicy peanut sauce. Even like the pulled pork uh, empanadas <laughs> that I had that one night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Pork belly. Yeah. The, ones. the fucking, I mean, I know you guys don't like making it, but that chicken sandwich was fucking good. <laughs> yeah. you know? well, that was a good fucking chicken sandwich. Yeah. Stay tuned for the summer. Oh, yeah. 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 We'll pull something out. Yeah, that was a really good chicken sandwich. That's a cool thing about the summer menu, too, is because there's so many different things available and it's nicer weather and. People want to, like, hang out and relax. And I have no problem doing easier, more approachable food that is clear and concise. Yeah, like, we're not trying to be pretentious with our food by any means. I've got no problem serving a a burger or a chicken sandwich, but I want it to be the best burger it can be. Best ingredients we can use. Nicest chicken sandwich. Yeah. I don't want it to just be some pedestrian thing yeah i want you to remember it do you think people are going to be still prone for takeout and delivery in the summertime as more things i mean i have a feeling somewhere in june that uh people like it's going to be 
balls to the wall, fucking everything's open. Yeah, I think take mm-hmm. You know, gonna... do whatever the hell you want to because of the vaccinations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if every adult in America is supposed to have access to them by May 1st, yeah. What's the and there, the numbers in Onondaga County, it's like, <clears throat> I think it's like 28% or 30% of everyone in Onondaga County has been vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. It's insane how many people have gotten it already around here. Yeah. So, I mean, if everyone's vaccinated up, what's the point of keeping it? Yeah, keeping up, anything you know? closed down. So, yeah, I mean, I think once everything's opened up and people are able to go out and feeling comfortable about it, I mean, takeout already took a huge dive for us. We stopped doing it. Yeah. Because it just, it died mm-hmm. off so hard once it started opening back up. Literally right around the time downtown opened back up dining, our takeout died. Hmm. And our dining picked right up. Yep. Yeah. People just have been going out ever since. We haven't been getting, we used to get calls, you know, here and there a couple of days a week for takeout, but like we don't even get that anymore, you know? It's yeah. just straight dining. I was at um, uh, All Night Eggplant yesterday morning getting breakfast. Nice. And there was like this old couple. It's the one on Bridge Street? Yeah. That's good. Uh, they actually do like, their, you know, most diner hollandaises looks like shit. Yeah, right. Uh, theirs is pretty fucking good. Yeah. I um, like that place. I haven't yeah. been there in a while. They um they were struggling like fuck during all of this, um, but there's this old couple sitting in like two or three tables down from me, and they were telling the waitress who's the owner. Uh, they were saying um, she was like, "Oh, it's so good to see you guys again." They were like, "We got our vaccinations," and they were like, "We're going out to eat three times a day every day of the week." Cause they haven't left their house in like the last year. That's awesome. And so they're like, we're just going out anywhere we can. They're like, they were so excited telling her all the places they're planning to go out to this weekend. And each spot, like each meal was a different restaurant. That's wild. So I have a feeling my only concern for the summer is that people go vacation everywhere. Yeah. That like all the people in our area start going, that, um, start going to, you know, yeah. Florida, Florida, and you know, right. all the beach is going to start right. over back up and yeah. Cedar Point. Right. Yeah. So. If that well stuff goes, happen. yeah, if that goes crazy, I'm, so that's my only concern is that, like so many people are going to be gone this summer. Yeah. You know, um, but at that, with that being said too, I think it also opens up an interesting situation where I think more people this summer are going to be just out in general out and about in general than probably yeah. most years past. For sure. So, I mean, that could offset it. You get people who want to do, like, staycations and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure how many people are staycationing around necessarily this area. But, yeah. I mean, there is – just got to be optimistic about the whole thing. Yeah. But I think, I think this summer is going to be pretty wild. Yeah. So, have you guys ever wanted to do a food truck? Uh. I'm not opposed to it. I worked on one for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. We, we both, uh, we both have experience cup, so. on it. And what makes what, it so different? Besides it's just, being cramped? It, it's not spaced. I'm uh, Not even the space. Like, it's not spaced out in a sense of the way you're serving food. Like, you get slaughtered. Yeah. Like, right from the get-go. It's no, like, you got this table coming in at this time. It's you have a line, and you're... And balls to the wall until that yeah. line is gone. And, and you're right in front of them. And it's, yeah, yeah, and, and there's right no, yeah. There's no barrier separating no hiding. you. It's, and there's it's this brutal. stigma around food trucks, too, now <clears throat> that, like, it should be 
Like I should place my order and I then should have it yeah. within. And that's people not the, are very and, much like that. And that's not necessarily the case with all food trucks because it's become a thing now where it used to be people had food trucks to open a brick and mortar. Now brick and mortar places are buying food trucks. food trucks. Yeah. And it's a completely different type of animal. Like you have to be organized in a kitchen. Yeah. You have to be 10 times more organized yeah. on a food truck because it is so hot and heavy. Yeah. So yeah, quickly. Quick. And yeah. if you're not and you don't have your shit together, then you're dumb. Right. Avalanche. And the food truck scene around here fucking sucks. Yeah. And it's so bad. It does. And that's the other thing. It's not really worth it in this area. Cause yeah. I would give any, I don't know if maybe it's something, well, I don't know where the fuck it would work, but I'd love to see something like a bigger city has, like in Austin or wherever, where they have like a dedicated spot for it. They yeah. Check it out. We did the round, the road up, roundups uh, yeah. down on Clinton there for a little while. I mean that was all right, but I mean it's five it's trucks the, it's and it's just the fi- same same thirty people that work in the in that building that come out for right. lunch every Tuesday. So those are nothing. cool, but like what they should have done is they should have been playing music. Yeah, they should have put like that big green carpet down. Yeah, make it an tables. event. Right. All right, we've got three questions for you guys. This is our lightning round. Okay. Uh, you'll answer one at a time. <laughs> All right, so name three ingredients in your kitchen that you can't live without. Three ingredients? Yeah. Flour, butter, and cream. Okay. Salt, butter, cream. Salt, butter, cream. All right. I was honestly expecting you guys to say, like, saffron or come up with some, like, bullshit, you know, something. <laughs> basics, uh, baby. Man, the basics. Yeah. Fry a lot of stuff. What's, your, what's the favorite meal you've ever had? Favorite meal I've ever had. That would have to be Korean place on East Fayette Street. Chorum's house. I don't know that one. It's a little blue house. Hmm. Sketchy looking place, but yeah. best food I've ever had. Really? Yeah, it's this barbecue pork belly hmm. that they have. They serve it with like lettuce wraps, hmm. fried garlic cloves. It's killer. Might have to fucking get there pretty it's killer, soon. Dude. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Devin? Oh, honestly, uh, the last time I, my brother lives out in Cleveland. Okay. So I get to go out there every now and again. Yeah. The place is awesome. Um, I had the privilege of getting a chef's table seat right at right in front of the kitchen at Lola. Oh, nice. Um, unfortunately, Michael Simons had to close that place down. Oh, really? But that was, uh, the food was unreal. Hmm. Um, everything was done. The cool thing was, is like it was all basic tastes, and everything was done so well yeah. that it allowed them to do some cooler, crazier things. But it was just the food was flawless. You know, That's the cool. wine was amazing, and the dish that stuck with me the most it was two of them. I had this seared lamb heart with zitar hmm. and hummus, and this flatbread that they made, and that was phenomenal. But wow. they're Deep fried bone marrow was literally just a whole tube hmm. of like tempura fried bone marrow, salt, pickle, herb, and some bread. Wow. Like, that sounds really, amazing. That's all you yeah. really need, you know? Yeah. All that sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> um, if you could cook uh, dinner for one person, who would it be? Gordon Ramsay. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. That's my idol right there. Really? Is it really? <laughs> Oh yeah, I 
uh, make fun them, of them all the time because <laughs> anytime <laughs> anybody wants eggs, my boy, yeah. watch Chris, Chris, Chris Ramsey over here <laughs> stirring <laughs> eggs and half wads of butter, of butter together in 15 for minutes. fifteen minutes. <laughs> Three eggs, half stick of butter, fifteen That's minutes. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I just started watching uh, when I'm here. Usually, like during the week, and I'm like, well, I'll turn on um, the old episodes of uh, Hell's Kitchen. Love it. Yeah. Dude, it's the best. It's fucking hilarious. You got to watch Boiling Point. Oh, yeah. It's really Documentary. good. Documentary. Yeah. So good. Hmm. Devin? Man, that's honestly for me, it's a pretty hard question. I would probably have to say Merle Lagasse because he was the guy that really got me into it. I was fascinated with him. Yeah. Um, I think we share a lot of philosophies together. Hmm. Um, a lot of my roots and i know i like doing crazier things but i feel that a lot of my better dishes are more like homey basic things yeah like comforty food things um yeah and he was what got me into that hmm. i'll tell you the one person i wouldn't cook for that'd be rachel ray <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's hard for me to answer that just because it's like right. i want to cook for everyone you know yeah I, like i just want to cook food for people and make them happy what's a who's a celebrity chef you want to like eat at their restaurant or eat a meal by them before they die All right, thomas keller thomas keller yeah thomas keller honestly i would have loved to have eaten at el Bulli. yeah uh but hmm. missed that opportunity yeah too young. yeah there's a lot of shit. There's uh, I forget the name of the place. I saw it on the Chef's Table episode. Uh, it's in Italy. Uh, it's the steak. The guy that does the beef up there. I forget Ooh, the yeah. fucking name, but yeah. I was thinking like, I mean, he's old. You know, I'm thinking like, you know, you probably don't have too much time. Uh, Mine would be Francis Malman. Yeah, fucking. I would give. I would. Uh, what would I give? Uh, I'd murder someone if it meant that I could go to fly to Patagonia and spend like right? oh, man. a weekend yeah, at his little place. It's yeah. like, honestly, I see that and I just am so envious of it. Yeah. I would love, I mean, I lived in Saranac Lake and the Lake Placid area for like eight years. Yeah. And every part of me wants to be, I'm, miss the mountains in the water and yeah. Patagonia is yeah that on steroids and yeah. it's something about when you go to a place like that it's not just the beauty I mean we're surrounded by all these sounds all day and when you get into a spot that is just quiet yeah and with nature you lose there's this humming that goes right. away yeah and it's just, you feel, for me at least, I know some people it would drive their anxiety <laughs> through the roof. Yeah. But for yeah, me, it's just, it. it's so, it's just so calming. Yeah. Being able to not hear any cars. Right. Just be there. Yeah. yeah no way. I yeah. need chaos. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're looking at, my wife and I are looking at getting buying a new house this summer and moving like somewhere in the suburbs and. Uh, I know you she's going to get those chickens out of the hood, man. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> the bad influences, they're starting to act out. Uh, actually, it's funny. The one, chicken, of them, one of them this morning, she was like trying to crow, but she's, it sounded like she was like a high-pitched bark. 
And I don't know if it was because something was wrong with her. I just fed them a bunch of frozen corn, so it could have been that. I don't <laughs> Choking know. Choking on a kernel. Some I mean, brain freeze. it was crazy. <laughs> brain freeze. Um, so, well, guys, thanks for coming down and being thanks on the podcast. Thanks for having us, man. man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Pleasure. Glad we got to. Thanks for checking out the Eat Local New York podcast. Make sure you're subscribed and make sure you follow us online on Instagram and Facebook or on our website at eatlocalnystate.com. Like you'll be left behind. You got no friends and you got no peace of mind. These you're staking all the time. Gone so far, but they know inside.